Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and hey, welcome to this week's version of Raising Expectations. We're sure thrilled to take time to be with us, and uh, we hope that uh, by being with us, you'll be encouraged. One nation under God's not just on a coin, but it's in the heart and the pulse of this nation from day one. And we hope when we talk about things like this, and uh, you come to know the Lord, and God's in your life, hey, you're going to be encouraged every day. So we're excited uh, to be able to be with you each and every week. We're going to open like we always do by introducing uh, the folks that are on our team. Many of you asked for that, so we're going to do it every week. We're going to start, first of all, in Southern California. Well, we'll start with me. I'm Pastor Joe Schofield. It's a pleasure to see you again and a greater pleasure to introduce you to the greatest people you're ever going to know. In Southern California, we have Dr. Paul Hall in Lompoc, California. He's a retired pastor. He's a theologian. He's a teacher. He's an educator. He's someone who theologues, and that's a word we gave him because he takes the knowledge he has and typically puts it into the world situation and does a great job of encouraging people each and every week. So Paul's down in Lompoc near Santa Barbara, California, right there on the coast where an air conditioning is not needed ever. So it's a great spot from there. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Then if you go all the way back to the east side of the United States and you go to um, Georgia, in uh, the northern side of Georgia, we have uh, Steph and Dr. Tank Thayer. And Steph is the founder, director, and CEO of Quenching Well. And she is a health and wellness specialist. She knows how to get you well and to keep you there from the inside out because she knows the Lord and she knows nutrition. And she, with her husband, who's a special trauma surgeon tank, and at the same time, a nutrition specialist, they make a dynamic team that helps people across the breadth breadth of this nation each and every day. So uh, we're so glad they're with us. Good to see you. Tank is is out of town tonight, so Stephanie is here. And if we had to draw, she's the prettiest one of the two anyway, so we're glad she's with us tonight. Right, guys? Good to have her with us. (laughs) Exactly. And then actually coming, instead of coming from Central Texas today, we're coming. Yeah, he is in Central Texas. What am I saying? I recognize. No, he's not. (laughs) He got the bookcase moved anyway, (laughs) all the way from Florida tonight. He pulled one on me. Is uh, Pastor Ron Greer, who is a great statesman, a pastor, uh, was a, a someone running for Congress years ago. He was a great Marine. He was also a, a counselor, a men's discipleship man. He's with Man in the Mirror out of Florida, discipling men across the nation on uh, how to get a grip on who they are and know who God wants them to be, to be a better employer, a better employee, most of all, a better husband and a great dad to their families. And 
great Americans on top of that. So we're really thankful for Ron. It's good to see him tonight. And uh, so that's who the team is. You know us every week. We get great great uh, notes from you and emails, and we appreciate every one of you. And tonight, moving right along, we've got someone who's very, very special to us. We met him with someone else who's everybody special to us if we know him. <laughs> you know, Commander Rob Hansen was with us. Uh, he retired a little early, and Rob and Nancy, two very special, precious people. Ron, uh, everybody knew him. Uh, Ron he came on after Rob retired. Rob was an F-14 pilot and a Top Gun trainer, and just a, they were just great, great people. And he introduced us to this to our guests tonight, and we can't wait to introduce you to Colonel Kurt Schlichter. Had the privilege of turning on Sebastian Gorka last night and watching him uh, on Newsmax. But you can see him uh, each week, all through the week, on everything from Fox News to Hugh Hewitt on the radio and Newsmax. The thing we enjoy doing the most of all is, is, is reading his articles on Town Hall Magazine out of Washington because... He has the best tongue in cheek to get a message across of anybody I've ever read. And uh, I probably have glaucoma from reading so much, but I love reading what he writes. And uh, Paul and I enjoy sharing these each week from what he puts out there. So now, uh, all the way, uh, we, we want to share another thing very quickly. Kurt is uh, a great uh, writer. He is a uh, conservative action novel specialist. And to put it very simply, as Rob used to put it, he's the next Tom Clancy. And he even does a greater job than Tom Clancy did. So you'll have to get his book. They're all on our website. You can find them there. His nonfiction books are all bestsellers. And uh, his newest book we're so excited about is um, he's going to be shared with us tonight, uh, The Fall and Rise of America. Uh, I can't wait to hear about this. So... He's another one of those men that are sometimes hard to find. And uh, the definition of a great man is a great man is one who doesn't tell you so, but shows you so. And uh, Colonel Kurt Schlichter is a man whose life and family portray exactly what we said. So, uh, Colonel uh, Kurt, our friend, welcome to Raising Expectations tonight. We welcome you and thanks for being with us tonight on behalf of everybody. Hey, thank you for having me. Come on, guys. Wow. A lot of clapping. We got to get an applause meter here someplace. (laughs) Couldn't find the applause button, Kurt. (laughs) So, hey, well, welcome. Could you lead in and maybe tell us a little bit about your book? We've been talking it up and putting it up, and we're excited. Well, we'll be back, The Fall and Rise of America. Uh, You know, I, I... I be, it's a guided tour over the last 30 years, actually. I think it goes a little further. we we'll talk a little about history. Basically, uh, uh, America's gone downhill. I think it can come back. A lot of people don't. Um, I, you know, 30 years ago, we were the unconquered superpower. We were uh, uh, at the top of the heap in every way, and we promptly squandered our inheritance Uh, I don't think I I don't think it's as much we as uh, the kind of people that we uh, made into basically our ruling class. People run our institutions are uniquely dumb, uniquely corrupt uh, and uniquely unsuited for uh, performing any kind of basic task. And uh, if you just look at the last 30 years, I think you uh, uh, you see that there's not a whole lot of successes. You know, you look for the greatest generation, right? They beat Hitler, they beat the Depression. Those are pretty good. You uh, look at the 60s, they uh, 
they, they helped uh, settle the uh, issue of civil rights because, of course, a continuing theme in American history is Democrats t- treating uh, certain human beings uh, as if they weren't fully human. Uh, they also put a man on the moon. Uh, those are pretty impressive. I, I'm impressed. And then you look at the current uh, generation, the current leadership. They've given us Iraq, the Wall Street meltdown, Obamacare, and Grinder. These are not uh, these are the, these are not what I would call achievements. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, Ben. What do you think? What do you think, Ron? <laughs> I, I think I think he's spot on. <laughs> hey, Ben. Uh, but he painted a rosier picture than I would. <laughs> but, but I'm disconnected these days. So anyway, but I do have a, a question for you, uh, uh, brother uh, Kurt. Um, here's one of those ones phenomena that take place. You just mentioned it. You have uh, outside of the Donald Trump election, uh, yep. which was in, insanely refreshing and earth shattering uh, because you had people come out of the woodworks who had never been in, involved at all. And then some anyway. So the question becomes, why do people continue to elect the same useless politicians every single time? And as they watch the thing deteriorate. Every single person I talk to, uh, well, normally talk to, um, if I bring up politics, they will all say, well, you know, the Democrats and Republicans are the same. They're just as bad um, until you mention Trump. So, t- so what, in your opinion, why do we keep obsessively voting in the same rulers over and over again? Well, look, uh, you know, uh, I, I think a lot of life is determined by who shows up and the mm-hmm. kind of people who want to be involved in politics are often the kind of people you don't want involved in politics at all. It's just kind of a natural sorting. Most normal people want to, you know, they want to go to their kids' little league games. They want to go to church. They want to barbecue. They, they, they would hope that there are people who enjoy running things who will go run things competently. Mm. Um, that hasn't happened. We have a bunch of people who have, uh, uh, basically insulated themselves from any kind of accountability or consequences. Mm. And when they failed, you know, the, 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 the ruling, the, the, the ruler type people, the ruling class, I don't want to sound like a Marxist, but you know what I mean, uh, has kind of like leveled this professional courtesy where, you know, if you don't hold me responsible for how I screw up, I won't hold you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to pretend that there's not vicious infighting within this group. There certainly is. Uh, mm-hmm. They fight with each other for power. Right. But at the end of the day, for many of them, we're the enemy, not the Democrat or Republican to their right or left. Right. Donald Trump is an indicator of just how sick people are of the phenomenon you're talking about. Okay, look, I, I like Donald Trump. I think he's a good president, but he's Donald Trump. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, what, what are you kidding me? The, 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 you know, uh, in 2016, he was running against, you know, basically the icon, the ultimate example of our ruling class, Hillary Clinton. Yes. She had yes. all the credentials. She had all the right positions. Everyone of her very qualified, blah, blah, blah. And America looked at her and then chose the guy on The Apprentice. All right. That's like, I mean. You know, she seems really resentful. She should be. It was a grave personal insult. But they said, I'm going to take a flyer on this, uh, uh, you know, New York guy best known for hanging out with Playboy bunnies and being on the newspaper. 
<laughs> a, over the best that you know business as usual can supply. And I think that was one of the reasons they were so angry is yeah. because you know they took it personally, which they should have. It was personal. Yeah. yeah. So so in that along that same line, uh, given the uh, visceral reaction to Donald Trump, um, would you say that 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 came out of that sort of anger that turned into? I guess. Oh, here's my my take. I I, I get the sneaking suspicion uh, that they were completely uh, blindsided and then became yes. uh, horribly angry. And then decided, yes. oh, heck no, we have to find any way we can to kill this thing. And so my yeah. question is, my question is, why are they so afraid of him? Why are they so? Uh, because he is a threat to their power. He, he, he's the first guy who held them accountable mm. in a very, very real sense. I mean, you remember during the campaign, there's 17 Republicans, mm. you yes. know, 16 of them at various levels sound similar. And then Donald Trump came and said, you know, George Bush started a war incompetently prosecuted. It was a terrible idea. And the Republican Party establishment, at least, you know, was, what, what, oh, my God. And then people outside are like, yes. You know, the guys who, you know, who and their families actually had to fight the screwed up mess. We're saying, yeah, it was handled badly. And, and nobody, it, it, it never occurred to the Republicans to say this. He, he, he also touched on topics that they had declared off limits, like illegal mm. immigration, because the Democrats like it because they think they're going to get a bunch of uh, uh, pliable voters who are going to be essentially serfs for them forever. And our, our Latinx friends have sure shown them they're now 50 percent Republican. I love that. Uh, you know, they're faith, family and flag people. They're not they, they, they have no intention of, of being, uh, uh, you know, kept down and uh, and voting is told they're they're gonna they want they came to america to get ahead and the republican party at least properly envisioned is is the path of that um but you know donald trump talked about things that we were told we were not allowed to talk about Mm -hmm. and that drove them crazy see one of the important ways that they try and control things is by controlling information what can be talked about what can't and I have a I have a column in a, a town hall coming out later this week. Uh, you know, they're talking about this indictment of Donald Trump, which is of course banana republic shenanigans. But Lindsey Graham, you know, Lindsey Graham got something right. Who who would have thought? Uh, he said, "Well, there'll be rioting in the street if uh, they indict him." And all the liberals, oh my God, I can't believe this! And it's like, well, if you know anything about history, if you you know, if you want to destabilize a society, cut off its food or yeah. disenfranchise half the people, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the ones who are semi-fascist, the ones that are supposed to move out of New York, the ones who are deplorable. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the, the, the fact is what they want to do is they would like to make it impossible to talk about the perfectly predictable consequences of their courses of action, which is uh, destabilization of our society caused mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. creating a system where they're disenfranchising half the people. So their, their solution isn't to not disenfranchise half the people. No, their, their, their solution is to, well, let's, let's create a social sanction so you're not allowed to talk about it because 
if you mention the perfectly predictable consequences, you're actually in favor of those perfectly predictable right. consequences. Exactly. You yeah. know, you, you, you yeah. now want rioting and, and conflict rather than warning of it. And I got books, you know, that, that talk about, uh, you know, n- novels. And, and of course, we'll be back on Rise of America that talk about mm-hmm. these subjects. And, you know, you have hacks like the guys with the bulwark and a bunch of never Trump sissies. Uh, hurts a terrible guys. He's, you know, he's talking about insurrection and stuff. Yeah, I'm against it, stupid. (laughs) They know know it's a lie. And they, but they, what they want to do is restrict the scope of permissible debate. And I think that's why it's important that we go and say whatever we damn well please. Yeah. Got to be clear, open. Yeah. Well, I I just, I mean, I like, I wish you would talk a little bit, a little more. I just, you know, you're you're kind of quiet here. I just, it's, it's, Amazing how reserved you are. Yeah, a lot of trial lawyers like to be. Uh, yeah. we, we got to come out of our shell. Yeah. Well, well let, let let me let me rob a little more time with one more question. Yeah. No, um, go ahead. As he mentioned, I, I ran for Congress three times. Spent way too much time in Washington doing public policy issues. Uh, took a shower every night. Realized how slimy it was. And finally, my wife said, "We're done. I'm moving. You can come with me or commute." So, <laughs> but, but, but it, it, it really was, I, I, I will say it took me a number of years to, to readjust uh, after meeting people and then being behind, behind closed doors and inside circles and realize just how incredibly wicked and slimy and dark and corrupt it was. And the handful of good guys and, and a couple of women that I knew that were uh, sincerely, the uh, heartfelt Americans who were pushed in a corner and had no ability to do anything, to change anything. So I, I guess the thing I did appreciate was there are a handful of people who had ideas. Uh, Newt Gingrich and what is a hundred and some odd um, Congress started off good. He actually had a list of things we're going to do yes. in days. We're going to do these things here. You can guarantee that. And you had this amazing, uh, uh, you know, turnout and amazing response from the public. Mm-hmm. Kurt, why don't they do that anymore? Why is that such a hard thing Republicans do? Yeah. Why do we always seem to find a unique and special way to lose and screw up every freaking advantage we have? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well sorry. look, I have a, uh, uh, I have a town hall column, uh, I think, dropped today, basically saying we do need a positive agenda, uh, but mm-hmm. we also need Here's the thing. We need to understand the reality of situations. First of all, Mm. politics is always going to be dirty. It always has and it always will be. The idea is to try and get a critical mass of people who actually want to do positive things. And it Mm. will not always be like that. We can strive for it. But look, it's politics. You're you're making deals. You're making compromises. There is not a single successful politician out there who has not had to compromise his mm-hmm. ultimate his uh, 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 optimal idea. Now, that doesn't mean right. you compromise basic key things, right. Right. but you know, maybe I say you know capital gains should be twenty five percent instead of my preferred twenty two percent because they want twenty eight percent. You see what I say? Yeah. So naturally. The, also, when you're handing out things, you you have power. The power to reward people means some people are going to look to be rewarded themselves. This is yeah, it's actually unusual in America that it's not more open uh, 
uh, you know, vote buying and bribery, though I, I think some of those things exist. Um, so we, we got to understand that. And that is why, as a big reason, most Americans don't want anything to do with being in politics personally. I think they do want uh, the ability to vote, the ability to have a say. But, you know, a, a lot of them are like, ah, I don't want to have to take a shower every day. You point it out. Um, the other thing is, uh, especially after 2022, where I think we're going to take back the House and the Senate, I think we're going to do that. I think we need, uh, you know, I, I would like to see an agenda, but we've, we've got to be realistic. You have yeah. that desiccated old freak in the White House. He's going to veto anything we pass. So what can yeah. we do? I mean, we do oversight. We can compromise on some things where yeah. um, uh, we get something to make a positive, but nothing's going to get signed and passed unless he uh, uh, okays it. So right. basically we are in a position of stopping him. Right. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think we got to get used to it because you'll see a lot of people, well, the Republicans aren't doing anything. Uh, okay. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> you can't pass a law just because you really think it's a good idea. Right. You've got to right. convince the president to sign it or the people to override the veto. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I, I, they're they're not without power. It's just they don't have the power to solve all the problems, right. and we need to be <laughs> mature about that. Yeah. yeah, I heard one guy say, "Kurt, uh, it, we can uh, we could put the plane in a holding pattern, but we could, at least we could stop it from crashing." <laughs> yes, <laughs> we get there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and that's 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 not a bad goal. I, I, yeah. I I'd like to see some. I'd like them to explain how we want to do that. Mm. Uh, and uh, I'd like them to tee it up for 2024. I think there, yeah. hey, if you give us the House again, Senate again, and the president, we're going to do these things. Well, and I think yeah, these specific policy things. Yeah. Um, there are a couple specific things that can be done now. You can say, well, uh, Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff are going to get uh, thrown off the Intelligence Committee. That's something we can do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think people go, oh, good, because I think if you're, you know, cavorting with Chinese spies, Intelligence Committee probably is the best place for you. Yes. Um, the, you know, I, I do think there are things we can do. I just don't think, I, I, I do think we have to manage the uh, rising expectations of our, <laughs> our, own, our own folks. And, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, when you say, you say, God, be realistic. That's so often a cop-out and an excuse. But adults are realistic. Adults don't expect you to do something that's about It's not Harry Potter. Nobody's going yeah. There's no magic wand. Okay? Exactly. Yeah. This is, there's the reality of the system. And as long as the system exists, that is the Constitution, I think that's a pretty good system. Uh, we're not going to win until we either convince people to vote like us or have a bunch of people uh, who can outvote them. It's just going to happen. So let's not go crazy when it doesn't. Right. Yeah. So, so do we, do we a, have enough uh, uh, guts and backbone and courage among those uh, taking the House to actually do things, for instance, cutting purse strings when <laughs> but they have the, the power of the purse? Yeah. How, well, I, any I, chance we have that? Uh, there's a chance. Look, I, I get to talk to a lot of politicians while I'm doing things, uh, and I talk to them offline. 
And I level with them because, you know, I'm not impressed by politicians. They work for me. (laughs) Uh, The chain of command is God, me, them. There you Um, go. To the extent they're in the chain of command. (laughs) But I I say, look, you need this. You need to realize where we're at and you need to take some actions and exercise the power that you have legitimately, not vindictively. Uh, uh, but but effectively and with a purpose, and you need to do it because you can't, you, you know, don't go back to the American people and say, hey, you know, we sat and let, uh, you know, passed a bunch of things from uh, Joe Biden because he was threatening to shut down the government. I would happily uh, have them say, <laughs> I would happily say them, uh, uh, you know, hey, we're going to pass the budget. We passed our own budget. Um uh, and one thing we've said is no, not a single penny can be spent on horrible Marxist, racist, CRT nonsense. Yes. None of this woke stuff that people make people hate each other. You're not going to do it. it. No, not a single federal dollar can be spent on it in any form. And then you send it to the White House and he either signs it or he doesn't. And if he wants to explain to people why they're not getting their social security exactly. check, uh, exactly. because uh, uh, they're not allowed to spend money on seminars to teach people to hate each other right. and uh uh you know which and I, I i frankly think the whole crt thing is really uh a, a, an evil pagan religion it because is. It, it uh, is. hey i'm not look i was a methodist I, that makes me barely yeah. christian at all but um <laughs> i you know it, it's the exact opposite of, of god's work which is you know, and about how uh, he created everything. Yeah. And exactly. it's it's just an abomination. And yeah, uh, yeah. I am perfectly happy for the uh, Republicans to say, look, uh, we're, we're not we ever going to pass your CRT stuff. So you got to decide, you, 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 is, it, is it important enough uh, to, to close down the government over for a while? Yeah, right. If it is, let's go out there and we'll take it. And the American people will tell us the next election. Yes. Exactly. Amen. Oh boy. Exactly. Yeah. I, I did that in a heartbeat. Uh, I, I just Amen. think it's ridiculous that we've had Republican Congresses pass things like NP, uh, funding for NPR, which is yeah. nothing but government propaganda. I mean, that's just no. I mean, that's just against everything. Look, I, I mean, if NPR wants to say terrible things, that's fine. It shouldn't have anything to do with the government. It shouldn't get a penny. Right. Yeah. Um, Planned Parenthood. It's yeah. not a function our government should have. Yeah, and yet we've, we've, we've supported it. The National Endowment of the Arts. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's insulting half of the Americans. I, I don't, the purpose of government is not to endow the arts. I like the arts, but I'd like a say in whether I'm going to have to spend money on perverted arts. Exactly. I prefer not to. Exactly. Okay? Um, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, they've got to use their power, and I don't think they should use it unwisely. I think they should use it in circumstances that uh, highlight our differences, mm-hmm. highlight what we stand for, and make the other side take a stand. And look, if they come out and say, you know, CRT is important for this, this, and this reason, and convince the American people, you know, we'll get the message that, ah, the Americans really want to be told this group is good and this group is inherently evil. And then we'd have bigger problems. Right. But <laughs> Yeah, they're not I, buying it. I, I think we ought to have. Uh, I, I like clarification. I like forcing people to take a stand, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, or oh, not a cent, not a not a penny 
of uh, uh, federal spending will be spent to mutilate children to conform to yeah. their delusions, to the yeah. delusions of their Munchausen mommies. Yes, yes. yes. Not <laughs> one penny. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I wouldn't even stop at kids. I'd say anybody because, yes. you know, the idea of doing these horrible, allowing these people in just terrible pain to think that somehow they're going to feel better because the bodies that they were uh, uh, born yeah. in or have been have been cut apart. I mean, this is like Caligula stuff, guys. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Roman yeah. Empire. I mean, you look. I mean, look. We 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 talk. I'm gonna move a little bit. We talk about how Caligula tried to like marry his horse, right? And we're like, ah, you know, that's crazy stuff. In two thousand years, they're gonna look back and go, yes, uh, uh, normal people who had mental uh, problems. Uh, they attempted to cut their bodies apart to conform to their delusion. I mean, that's savage. It is. You're not doing anybody a favor. I I am perfectly happy to uh, allow the American people the chance to decide, you know, do you want to be complicit in this this unspeakable atrocity? And it's child abuse. It's child abuse. It's it's adult abuse. These poor people. Yeah, both. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have a chance. Anybody, anybody who do, would do that is obviously in some sort of great pain, yeah. and they yeah. deserve our compassion, and they deserve appropriate treatment. Yeah. And it's which is not medical malpractice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not horrible chemical cocktails yeah. uh, that, oh. that, that uh, alter and wreck their bodies. It's certainly not surgery. No. What other yeah. disease? Do you, do you, you know. Uh, Somebody thinks he's Napoleon and they got cut his feet off so he's short and so his hand to his right. stomach. Exactly. I mean, it's, exactly. it's barbaric. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Oh, and and, and I, I would be happy to cut off all federal funding for this atrocity and then tell the tell Biden, yeah, you, you can shut down the government if you want. We'll have a crisis. And eventually the government's going to start up again. Either you'll fold or we will. Yeah, exactly. So the idea of just marching in being brutal, I mean, not vengeance, but being brutal is a good idea. I, I, well, I, I think uh, firm and clear. Yeah, right, right. You know, I, I, I'm a retired colonel, and one of the things people are always talking, yeah, not always, but they're like, Kurt, you, you seem angry. I'm not angry. You guys don't understand what angry is. Right. I am clear mm. because in, in our society, we're, we're, Americans have always been very polite in many cases, but now we're kind of polite to a fault so that yeah. when you say something yeah. and, and, and give direction, <laughs> people take it as angry. It's not angry. I'm just telling you what needs to happen. I'm not mad. You'll know what I'm mad. Uh, I'm just not brooking any dissent. We're going to do X, and that's the way it's going to be. I'm not mad. I'm just clear and firm. Well, I, 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 in, my, in my mind, I, I remember the um, you know old Marine Corps thing when you're training this combat training in you know at Camp Pendleton, and yeah, you know, this drill instructor Llewellyn would always scream. His <laughs> deal is, yep. your job is to go in and conquer everything standing. He said, you don't yes. have to be mad to do it. That's your job. Do it brutally, yeah. concisely, completely. And we'll take care and, of And of course, yeah. you know, my I, I started out as a private, you know, I didn't right. get, I didn't I didn't come in as a colonel. Yeah. And I did basic training. And those drill sergeants seemed really mad to me. And you know, later after a couple deployments, 
I understood that they yes. were doing me a favor by being very clear about how yes. things were. It, yes. Exactly. When things get ugly, there's no compromise. Yes. You have to perform. And the softness, uh, and I, I think America has become very soft, very feminized. In, in the, mm-hmm. in, in, yes. Remember, there, there, look, there is a place for softness. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. I'm not insulting femi- uh, the, the feminine side, that is half of humanity. That is that is the key component for humanity. But, you know, around babies, I want a feminine side. Around uh, fighting to the death, I want the masculine virtues. Amen. Okay. Yeah, Amen. And it's not insulting one or other. The, the, these, you know, the, the, these are gifts and they're necessary parts to make a whole human being. But they aren't always, always 50-50 in every situation, okay? And yes, you could go overboard too tough. You can go overboard too soft. Yeah. Uh, being soft is Balance. not a favor when, you know, when, 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 in the sense, you know, when lives are at stake and you need to move aggressively. Amen. Amen. But on Amen. the other hand, we've all seen people who uh, uh, live their lives as if everything is... Uh, in a fight in a battle, and that's that's horrible and destructive too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Paul, have you got a question? Because yeah. Kurt's going to have to leave at six forty-five, and I'm ah. watching that clock for you, Kurt. We're so glad ah. you're with us. Really appreciate what you're saying, Paul. Do you have a thought? No, I have a question, Kurt. Yeah. I I enjoy reading your articles on Town Hall. A couple Thank of you. them come to mind. I I got it today. Wake up, flaccid cons. I thought that was spectacular <laughs> uh, when he talked about that. And then, of course, the the article today about Republicans desperately needing an, an agenda. You spoke about that, and I I, I really appreciate that. It's it's fun to it, it. Well, I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, it's it's healthy in in my head to listen to you and Ron. Uh, because you are you you're the warriors you know you've been trained you've you've been on de- deployments and et cetera et cetera et cetera um and it's really difficult sometimes be, um i think i i listened to a guy today uh, who absolutely hated you kurt i mean he was just all over you uh, I, I was looking at youtube and i'm going yeah. what what's his problem you know uh but i listened to it but one of the things uh, you know, he was he was really left of left and some of the things he was saying. But I found another thing and I'd like to maybe if you could address it. I found a phrase that said order tends to decay. It's called social entropy. And when it talks, you know, one of the things about conservatives, I do believe that we enjoy the idea of order. Uh, if that makes any uh, sense. It does. It, okay. it, look, I, I, I think the name for our political movement, conservatism, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in some cases, people want the name to drive the reality and right. they don't distinguish between a conservative temperament, right? which is kind of a resistance to change with our political movement. I'm a conservative. Mm-hmm. I want to burn it all down and start over. Now that's not the tradition. You know, when I was in school, <laughs> my uh, civics teacher was like, well, liberals want to change things and conservatives want to stay the same. Okay, that's no. we're talking <laughs> temperament, right? And, and 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 remember, everybody is conservative about what they know. Like the military, even though they're a bunch of leftists, they're very conservative about the military. They don't want to change anything because they came up in the system they're invested in. And I think mm-hmm. all of us, you know, if you ask, you know, 
Joe, if you ask about the ministry, you probably come across very conservative about the ministry, the things you're comfortable with, you, you'd support. You want some changes, but you, you want to preserve mm-hmm. the, the, the general outline of it. Uh, as a lawyer, I want to conserve some of the things about the justice system that I'm familiar with and that I know and I, that, that, that I can use. Uh, that's conservative by temperament. Conservative by ideology, then the label, you know, can't be driving things. It, 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 it's silly. I have people say, well, you know, it's not a conservative idea to want to use government power to bring Disney to heel. Okay. <laughs> well, then, then, you know, guess I'm not conservative. Um it, Disney, for instance, is a, you know, the conservatives are generally, well, you know, uh, the government shouldn't use its uh, power against a private actor. Okay, fair enough. Disney is a huge conglomerate. It has political power. It buys politicians, you know, which is fair. Uh, it, it has cultural power. That is, it has a huge influence on the culture. Uh, it, it, and, and social power and social cash gain. Um and it is change, helping change our culture in a way that none of us were asked about. I don't know about you. I didn't get mm. busy and come up to me and say, Kurt, what do you think about uh, us, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, putting the, uh, the, the trans agenda in uh, and, and validating that? Well, I wasn't asked about that. So here's the problem. We have a powerful actor exercising its power. What's our power? We have a little economic power. We can not go to Disney. I don't know about any of you guys. I haven't spent any money on Disney in a while. I'm 57. But we also have political power. And we're being told, because it's not conservative, we're not allowed to use our political power to achieve our ends, to make society the way we want. So we have an actor who's kind of outside the typical, who's having an effect of changing our society, but somehow we're not allowed to do anything about with the only kind of power we have. Which in this case is not sending the cops to arrest them. That's not what I'm for. It is saying we're not going to give you any of the special benefits that we reserve for friends of ours. Because in politics, you tend to return reward your friends and not reward your enemies. Mm. Well, you become our enemy, so your special tax breaks and your special intellectual property uh, uh, breaks are are, are going away. And we're told that's not conservative. Well, my feeling, you know, it's not conservative principles. My feeling about conservative principles are any principle that requires I become less free is not a principle I'm interested in having. Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you know, a lot of the political the, the political thinkers who correctly look at, you know, how government uh, wields power against non-governmental actors really thought about the issue of non-governmental organizations, including businesses, that have such tremendous power. Right. And, you know, where, you know, okay, yeah, I I understand free speech. How do we, how do we, you know, but how do we, you know, politics is the system whereby we decide how the the, the country is to be run. You're essentially Mm -hmm. saying these guys, can have an outside influence in society and because of an arbitrary principle that applied when this wasn't a, a, a phenomenon, we're not allowed to have any influence. We, we have to submit to them. We're not allowed to have use any of the power that we have. And I, I don't see how you 
uh, uh, justify that. In fact, I think that's actually kind of dangerous because if we tell people for long enough, oh, you you just have to sit back and take it, you just sit back and take it, mm. there's going to be a backlash. You can't disenfranchise a, yes. I would think, a majority of Americans and expect them not to react. And that reaction may well get out of control. I mean, I've talked about dealing with an entity like Disney, and I mentioned that I, st- I support guardrails. I wouldn't turn the IRS on. I wouldn't arrest them. Uh, I, I, I would simply treat them like any other political interest group. Exactly. And no differently because they are a, a, a company. I don't know if uh, a, a backlash would be quite so generous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Good right. point. Hey, Stephanie, it, we've got a couple minutes. Is there anything from a woman's perspective you want to share with her? I mean, I would actually describe you, Kurt, as direct, and I appreciate that. And I would say that women generally are not as direct, which sometimes... I, I think that's generally true. Yeah. <laughs> but I still like them. <laughs> well, that's One the right Look at that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I know you have four minutes. Thoughts on Trump and this FBI situation at Mar-a-Lago? Well, I, I think it's unbelievably dangerous and destabilizing. The use of federal mm-hmm. law enforcement against political opponents. We've had a unofficial rule against it. We've had a norm against it uh, going back to the beginning of the Republic. Yeah. You look around the world. This sort of thing is highly destabilizing. Yes. It is. Uh, look, it, they, they've been trying to frame Trump for six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they failed and failed. And now they're doing it again. Uh, I, I reject some of the some of the soft Republicans who are like, well, we should see what the evidence is. Dude, how many times do they have to yeah, try exactly. and frame the guy before you get through their heads that none of this is legitimate? Amen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not, we, we, they, we, they don't get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you come out with videotape of him, uh, you know, with a uh, dagger hanging over a child on an altar, <laughs> he's about to sacrifice the ball. Okay. Now, all right, maybe maybe I see it, but no, the benefit of the doubt, they don't get it because they squandered that. Yeah. And but the thing is, the rule look, there's you got two choices. You know the rule of law or you know the rule of power. Right. All right. Yes. I've had I've been in places where they had the rule of power. You could yeah. tell them because there were blasted villages and mass yeah. graves. Yeah. The rule of power does and it doesn't work out the way you think it might. You, right. you may think, ah, oh, you know, I got the thirty-five thousand guys of the FBI behind me. I can, uh, you know, I can arrest all those uh, deplorables, dude. There's more than thirty-five thousand guys with hunting licenses in Vermont <laughs> than, than people in the FBI. Look, the rule of power is the, the rule of law establishes guardrails and protections, but the protections are for the benefit of the guys who are weak and don't have power. Right. I don't feel like I don't have power. I feel like all of us have a tremendous amount of power. Uh, you know, there's a lot of us and a lot of uh, you know, a lot of firearms. Chairman Mao, who's probably a friend of many of these leftists, said power grows out of the barrel of a gun. If you want to create a situation where the biggest guy wins, if you want to make America into middle school, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, you know, right. at one time. Yeah, <laughs> you better, you know, you, 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 you probably ought to make sure that you're not some, you know, 
uh, nerd on student government. And frankly, a lot of these guys are. Yeah. 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 I, I want We have been blessed with the greatest system for governing ourselves in human history, the Ameri- yeah. United States Constitution. Yeah. It, mm. it is a miracle. We have been blessed with it. And I use that term specifically. Amen. And, you know, these guys are squandering it. They think, they think this, they think what we had here, a free country where civil rights are protected and where everybody has at least a say in the government and a chance to be heard and mm-hmm. considered is somehow the natural state of man. And it isn't. That's the natural right. state That's of right. man is a bunch of people on horseback riding into your farming villages, killing all the men and carrying off the women and children to slavery. That is that is the state of nature for most of humanity for most of history. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And these guys, right. and they think because they grew up in a world where, you know, the, the, the lady at the Montessori school told them to use their words and they've never been a fist fight. They, they, they think that somehow that's been repealed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well said. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, Kurt, boy, we appreciate you. Oh, that, that was so well said. And it I hate to say this, but it is 645 and 30 seconds. Oops. <laughs> so well, uh, thanks I'll for being with 30 us. Seconds. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. And God bless you. Know that you're in our prayers, sir. We're, we're Man, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And um, I, you know, I, uh, one of the, one of the things I do talk about in the book, uh, I think there's a huge potential for a great awakening. I think there's, you know, a lot of this nonsense out there, uh, mm-hmm. this evil ideology of CRT, this bizarre weather religion, mm-hmm. uh, socialism in general. I think a lot of it is uh, trying uh, an attempt by people to fill up that space inside them that should be filled up by faith. And it simply isn't. And and it's empty with them. And look, if you're empty inside, then you're going to be filled up with nonsense. Amen. That's exactly what's happening. So I think that you guys have a, uh, uh, you know, I I think there is a potential for people to find true and lasting, enduring values. And uh, I, I, you know, I think faith is uh, a key to that. Amen. So, let's hope it is. <laughs> well, that was great. A great rap. Amen. Well, God bless and keep you and your family. And we'll be thank watching you. for you. And uh, we'll stay in touch. And thank you for writing that book. We'll be pushing it to everyone we know. Yes. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, thank okay. you, Kurt. See you later. Bless you. Thank you, now. <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, we have a few minutes left here. And uh, boy, that was something else. What a great night. Like huh? run, That was like running in the wind. Boy, that was it just, I mean, God's given him a gift. and uh, He has he's, so much energy every time he comes on. I'm just like taking notes and stuff. I mean, he's just such a wealth of knowledge. Wow. He's the most wow. spot on Methodist I've ever known, guys. <laughs> he's, just all, he's, just, he's just fired up. And, and what he says is uh, he has such a gift of taking the, the compound complexities of truth and compounding them down into something so easy to understand. I wish yeah. everybody could grab that, you know, and uh, when he went to Quigula, I almost came off the chair, Paul. I thought it was on yeah. way back when you remember and uh, boy, oh boy, something else at that point. Uh, uh, we, we have uh, a couple of minutes extra here and uh, I thought we'd go ahead uh, 
and run our special commercial. Um, and, uh, since, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. That would be okay, great. it's my turn. So, guys, it's nice. your turn. Yeah. Go for we it. We love coming to you every week. We actually would love to come to you for two hours a week. And that takes hard, cold cash. <laughs> um, we love donations. There isn't an amount that's too small. If we are blessing you, if um, you are sharing this with your friends, which we would love you to do, by the way, um, consider a small donation, a sizable donation. We also would accept. Um, you can find our information at bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. And there is a donate button right there. There is also information on all of us. You can get our bios. You can get past shows. Um, and we just encourage you to spend a little bit of time on there because we are thankful for you. That's why we do this um, to try to reach as many people as we can and to share the love of the Lord and uh, just kind of what's going on in our society and our lives right now. Amen. 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 Thanks, Steph. And you know, there is. Boy, I like the way he closed off in light of that, that there is a great awakening taking place. It could really be happening right before our eyes. And uh, the warriors are weary, I think, somewhat. What do you guys think? Um, I know we think about that. Sometimes we get we get tired of seeing all the, the word that's out there. And sometimes um, in my own life, I've really gone through it with the Lord. I said, okay, Lord, this is, let's get back to square one. This is the word. This is what it says. And this is what you will do. So... Um, I thought that was a great thing he said. We've got about uh, we've got five minutes here. Ron, did you have a thought or Paul? Well, I well, thank you, Seth. I guess uh, my thought is I, uh, Curtis is optimistic, more optimistic than I, I am. Uh, but I, I will concur that um, an awakening is the only thing that will revive with this nation. It's amen. I think the people are it's lost on them that this is. A, a divine thing that's taking place. America's wasn't some great ideas a group of people had and all of a sudden got together and they worked that out. I mean, right. you read the history of this country and there's nothing there that says we, we would, we would be here established this long. And uh, so it's clearly God's hand in movement. But, Amen. And the only way of, of getting back to sort of reviving the nation, that idea is to again, submit ourselves to God. Uh, mm-hmm. And that has to take place. Uh, among people throughout this country. It's one of the reasons I'm such an obsessive nut about discipling and uh, uh, men. If we don't find a way to carry out the Great Commission, then God's kingdom principles won't be established here in this nation. It will continue mm-hmm. to deteriorate. So mm-hmm. and it's, you have a, a lot of us who are weary, yes. And my uh, encouragement and my charge is to suck it up, yeah. <laughs> uh, rely, on the, rely on the Lord, yeah. and, right. and move forward. You know, it, that's right. Sitting in a foxhole and laying beside, waiting for you know that the, the enemy to stop charging is not going to happen. They're going <laughs> to no, charge, and then they're going to step on and kill you and destroy your house or your family, and then keep going yeah. to your neighbor if you well, don't stand up. That's right. That's it, brother. And that's the compassion. I love what you said there that brought the people from Europe in the first place, getting away from all of what they were facing over there, which was unbelievable yeah. when you study it and coming to America to found this. And like he said, they don't have a clue. Uh, no. <laughs> AOC doesn't even know history, no. shows nothing what's going on. No. And, and so many of the people today in this nation, they don't know. The only way to find it is to find Christ yeah. and put your faith in him. And get your life right with God. And then at that place, he's got to be the most important thing in your life. 
Yeah. And when that takes place, we will become an army again, like you're saying, Ron. We need to lean into the wind. Yeah. That's it. You know, one one of the things that uh, we run into yeah. constantly is is trying to, you know, I, I I'm one of those guys who ask questions for someone in the conversation to disagree with me because I want to walk them to a logical conclusion. You know, mm-hmm. that's not possible. It's hardly possible anymore. People don't have a, a sort of mind for truth. Yeah. And I say they don't have one because they're separated from the Lord so far away that they mm-hmm. can't even grasp simple reality, simple truth. So yes. it, that, that's, that's, I think that's it, the, the, the battle we're facing. It's coming yeah. to know the Lord, spreading the gospel with people so that they can begin to grasp truth and the reality they live in, as opposed to just crazy ideas going back where that makes absolutely no sense. We used to talk about in the political side, the, the uh, ignorant electorate said kindly, but said truly yes. ignorant electorate. Yes. They don't know how to see anything. But the key beyond that is exactly what you just said, I believe. Yeah. If they don't have the light inside, the great interpreter, the, the Holy Spirit living inside of them, speaking and sharing and revealing and showing, then they're never going to get it. The discernment's yeah. not there. Yeah. And it's yeah. one step at a time. It's a day at a time to follow what he's yeah. doing. Spot on. Yeah. yeah. Paul's up there writing. No, I'm, I'm just thinking a couple quotes. What kind yeah. of what kind of government do we have, Mr. Franklin? Well, you have yeah. a republic if you can keep it, you know, that, that was one thing. The other thing was uh, Edmund Burke, uh, who was a member of the British Parliament, uh, 1766, give or take. Uh, but he said one time that the restraints on men, as well as their liberties, are to be reckoned among their rights. Mm-hmm. The restraints on men. We don't we don't like the you know, the, the you know, the climate of the times. We don't like to be told there's a restraint on anything. You know, we can do anything we want whenever with whomever, you know, uh, with no consequence. And so I, I think, you know, that whole idea of restraint, you know, uh, we put our hearts together. We pray for awakening. We, uh, you know, thundering pulpits. Uh, <laughs> boy, you know, um, anyway, just some thoughts, thoughts along Amen. the way. It was good to have Kurt, you know. Appreciate I appreciate his spirit. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hey, Paul, tell him where the you guys probably know Town Hall Magazine. He's in there just every week, isn't he? Just about every week. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, he's in there. Yeah. Uh, town, town, Townhall.com. Uh, he has articles that you can pick up. Uh, you can read the whole article, most of them, if you're a VIP member, uh, which I'm not. So I just read as far as I can and go, oh. I think I got it. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a VIP either. <laughs> yeah, I'm not either. The VRP, a very regular person. <laughs> so, yeah. I got to check. I got to check them out. Well, good. Yeah, yeah, you'll town, like it. Townhall.com. Well, uh, there, there are a lot of good writers. Uh, um, I forget the name. There was another article on Townhall.com the, today that really uh, caught my attention as well. There's some really insightful and Interesting enough, there's a there's a, a woman whose name I can't recall right now. Uh, she she lists the Bible study with some regularity. It's on the left hand oh, column, you know, a little Bible study about you know da da da. And I'm going, wow, you know, that's that's unusual, you know. Wow, yeah. so, great, right on. Well, it looks like we're five into it, so we're actually done. <laughs> okay. we're out of time. But hey, Good to see y'all. Thanks for being with us tonight, folks. God bless you and keep you. Open the word so the word can open you and you can discern what lies ahead in the days that you live.
open the word. See you all later. God bless you. God bless you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.